Um, uh, we have a couple of missionaries who are with us uh, today, uh, Hariuke Odate and Matt Chase, who are both in Chiba, Japan. Uh, uh, Chiba is a city right out, a big city right outside of Tokyo. And uh, for some of you that don't know, Japan is one of the largest, maybe the second or third largest unreached people group in the world. Uh, it's like 2% in terms of Christians, maybe lower than that. And so they are planting a church in Chiba City. We are going to be hearing from Hariuke, who uh, everyone calls Ochan, and he's going to be preaching the sermon uh, today. But an uh, adult education after fellowship in the fellowship hall, both Matt and, and Ochan are going to be sharing about Japan. And they're going to be, uh, they have some, uh, some pictures and some video and are going to be talking about the church planting effort. You, many of you may remember us coming together as a church and praying here over a weekend, praying for Chiba, Japan. And they've come to report on what God is doing, uh, the good, the bad, and the hard. Uh, so we're really looking forward to having them. One other announcement, and then I'm going to bring up Ochan. Uh, there is a flyer in your bulletin uh, regarding the crisis in Ukraine. Uh, MTW, Mission to the World, which is the missionary arm of the PCA. We have missionaries on the ground in the Ukraine and relationships with uh, churches, reformed churches in the Ukraine. And so we are doing things, uh, disaster relief, to get them supplies and materials uh, for them to uh, distribute and help the people there. Uh, Redeemer, uh, our session voted uh, yesterday or Friday. We're sending a check for $3,000 from the church to help the Ukraine. Uh, but uh, here is an opportunity. If you want to give personally, uh, you can go to this particular website, uh, uh, MTW, or scan the QR code. And that's a way for you to get involved personally as well for Ukraine. So be praying for Ukraine, for our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Ochan to come on up here, and he's going to share a little bit about uh, Japan, and uh, he's going to share from the word of the Lord. Thank you, brother. Good to have you. <clears throat> okay, I need to. Hello. Uh, uh, uh. Can you hear me? Okay. Good morning. My name is Haruaki Odate. I know you don't, you cannot pronounce my name correctly, so it's okay. Uh, please call me Ochan, as Carol said. Uh, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to uh, preach to you guys today. Um, so I came from Japan, as Carol said, and so I came to know Jesus when I was um, 33 years old in 2003. So don't calculate uh, how old I am now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and through, guess what? Singing black gospel music. So it's so weird uh, everywhere, right? So um, in 2011, we had a big earthquake and tsunami uh, in Japan. Then my pastor, Dan Iverson, who is a MTW missionary uh, from the Virginia area. Um, he organized the relief, wash, uh, relief mission group, yeah, relief work mission group. Then he invited me to join, and I joined. So um, that's a, that was my first ex experience as a kind of ministry experience. 
And through the experience, I came to know that I don't know much about, enough about Bible, God, and theology. Because I think you can uh, imagine that the question, the local people who affected by tsunami and lost their family and house, job, property, their question is like this. Okay, I understand what you are saying, God is good and God loving. So why this happened to me? That is the question. Like Carol said, Japanese uh, Christianity is so, so small. It's less than 0.5% of evangelical Christians. Um, only few people is Christian now. So it's so difficult to reach them. That's why I want to be provided, equipped. Then uh, came to the seminary in the US, uh, which is Jackson, Mississippi. Very difficult to communicate. Right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah, uh, I graduated uh, that seminary in 2017, and I was working um, uh, at my local church named Redeemer Church, Jackson, Mississippi. <laughs> as a musician and as a um, ministry intern for one year. Then, um, so I play electric guitar, <laughs> like Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, so, uh, yeah and uh, I became a teaching elder of the PCA in 2019. So just being ordained, I came back from Japan to the US and stayed for five weeks and be, being ordained. And, the, my proximity sent me back to my country as, as a missionary. That's understandable because many of missionaries struggle with the language and Japanese is very different from English. Uh, we don't have many exceptions, but we have lots of rules. English has uh, less rules, but lots of ex ex uh, exceptions. It makes me like difficult to communicate. So uh, I'm still struggling with English. So please bear with me today. Uh, you are having international speaker today. So <laughs> I'm so sorry, but God is working inside you, inside inside of you, not not from my mouth, but from the spirit. Amen. Yeah. Um, so I recently built a team, church planting team with my friends, Matt and Colleges, whom you are supporting, and uh, Michael Freyhart. And another family, a couple is coming to join uh, us this summer. So they're Keisuke and Bethany Idota. So I'm excited. But uh, as you said, as I said to you just before, Japan is so lost. Yeah, the second largest unleashed uh, country in the in the world. So please pray for us so that we can plant a church because there's a huge barrier. Uh, and please pray for Japanese people so that their heart will be softened enough to 
accept the word of God. So why is Japan so lost? If I really talk about that, it will take forever. But in short, uh, we have two dominant religions, Buddhism and Shintoism, which have led us into the pantheism, many gods, small g. And also, it uh, lower the view of God in uh, Japanese. So it works very bad. And Japanese character is like uh, the collect collectivity, collectivism. Uh, do you understand that? Collectivity, yeah. It's opposite of uh, American individualism. So they tend to not to push their opinion to others and trying to make peace between them and uh, trying not to bother everyone. Uh, which is, sounds good because they are kind to everyone. But at the same time, they cannot say like their opinion clearly or explicitly. They cannot insist it even though they have it, they are hiding their real feeling, which is not good. Um, so they are fearing others' feelings instead of God. You know, <clears throat> the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge, but the fear of the man is the beginning of idolatry. As a result, we lost our relationship with God. But we, all of us, are in the same boat. We respect individuals, care about us, uh, one's privacy, keep secrets of our bad things, and stop talking about ourselves. Also, we keep our distance from others. How can we build a relationship with others without knowing each other. We are in the same boat that, that is called the foreign world. We've lost the true relationship. While preparing uh, for today's sermon, I thought about the mission. Because in this season in, in the US, they have a lot of mission conferences. I have attended uh, maybe three or four of them in Jackson and in Alabama already. So I finally came to uh, Virginia Beach. <clears throat> um, the distinction, no, the definition of the word mission by the Cambridge Dictionary is number one, an important job, uh, especially a military one, that someone is sent somewhere to do. And number two, any work that someone believes it is their duty to do. We can see our mission in today's text. I, have, I haven't read the text yet, right? I should read it now. <laughs> I forgot that. Usually uh, at my home, uh, home church, someone read the scripture beforehand. So that's, yeah, I'm sorry. I read this now. John 15, 12 through 17. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, <clears throat> that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know 
what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. This is the word of God. Then, where I am now. Yes. We can see our mission in today's text because Jesus commands us to do. From the definition of the word mission, like I just, I just, I, I just shared you. Um, the we can see that some commandments uh, would be inferred in the mission. Jesus commanded his disciples and sent them out to do their mission, which is love one another. Today, I want to focus on friendship through thinking about Jesus' mission and how to apply it to our life. What is Jesus' mission? Those are incarnation, active and passive, perfect obedience, and redemption. So I have three points. What is friendship in this world? What is Jesus' friendship toward us? And what is our mission about friendship? Let me pray before we get into the text. Father, thank you so much for this time. Please be with us and encourage us through the word and through the spirit and through the fellowship with the saints and uh, change our heart so that we can desire you and change our life from today so that we can love one another. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. So number one, what is friendship in this world? Some of you may know about this old story. It was the time of World War II. A young American guy, uh, Jacob DeShazer, had the news about the attack on Pearl Harbor uh, by Japanese Air Force. He determined to join the Army Air Force to kill the Japanese as an act of revenge. He became a staff sergeant and flew to Japan and bombed a region called Nagoya in Japan. He killed many Japanese and accomplished his purpose. After that, he was caught in China somehow by the Japanese army. And um, he was captured until the end of the war. He came to, uh, then he had a severe torture in the prison. But he got opportunity to read the Bible in the prison in China by Japanese army. <clears throat> and he was saved through that experience. And after the war, he came to Japan as a missionary to share the gospel. You know where it is? He planted a church in Nagoya. He once bombed. 
And there's another guy called Mitsuo Fuchida. He was the commander, general commander of Japanese army, and he con conducted the attack on Pearl Harbor. The connection. After the war, he was purged and lost his job and status in society. He was like homeless. And he lost. He, uh, he got kind of depression and he was like, he lost hope for his life. One day, he had a tract written by Jacob Decision and interested in Christianity. Two years later, he was saved and he and Jacob became friends and made a mission trip to the U.S. They used to be enemies and stood against each other. As an American, Jacob hated Japan and as a Japanese, Fuchida hated America. They had a friendship in Christ and they wanted, uh, wanted to share the ultimate solution of the hatred, which is the, the gospel, with their ex-enemies. That is friendship. It reminds me that one of my best friends in my seminary was a Korean couple. We hung out like quite often. They invited us for dinner and we invited them too. Then we, he played acoustic, acoustic guitar at, my, at our church and I played electric guitar. And we like always hang together. So many of church members asked ask us like, why? Do you have a, such good relationship? Is that because your countries are like close each other, uh, and like because you have a good history uh, of relationship each other? And we said no. Actually, we in the in the mainland we hate each other, but we can love one another because. Um, we are same national. We are we have same nationality. We have citizenship in heaven. Yeah, actually, our physical citizenship is Japan and Korea, but spiritual citizenship is in heaven. We are same nationality. That's why we can love one another in faith in Christ. And uh, <clears throat> few few weeks ago, I watched TV show in Japan. And that TV show introducing a local culture in a specific area in Japan. Uh, because their culture is kind of weird to many of us, that, that TV show trying to make fun of them by introducing their specific culture. And the uh, interviewer interviewed some couple of the, the people. And they asked, like, what is your relationship? And they said, oh, we are friends. So how much do you, do you guys know each other? That is the question. And they answered, yeah, I know um, his pin for his bank account. And he, he knows mine. Is that normal? <laughs> and yeah, I know his ex-girlfriends, history of girlfriends and how they broke up, everything. And I know they ate for dinner last night and day before, day before, day before. <laughs> I know his 
parents, friends, family's name, all of the name, and the pet's name. <laughs> I know she's wearing this jacket and she bought it bought, uh, at the cost of uh, nine, uh, $199.99. Details. Um, I felt like, oh, it's too much. Even same Japanese, but different region. They, they have so deep relationship with their friends. But I remember that we used to have this kind of relationship in our culture, our community, long time ago. I assume same thing has happened in the US in the past. We knew each other, we care, helped, showed love one another, and now we lost it. We are disconnected, even physically because of COVID. We lost the true friendship. Jesus commanded in verse 12, love one another. He repeated it in verse 17. Why? Because it is the foundation of a true relationship. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit love one another in the Trinity. The love didn't stay inside of Trinity, but it flew out to the first man, Adam. God created man after his image. A man was designed to love one another. There was an intimate, intimate relationship based on love between Adam, Eve, and God. But after the fall, it was corrupted. Actually, God loves God's love for Adam. Uh, God's love for Adam and Eve had never changed. Do you remember the, at the end of Genesis 3, before he kicked them out of the garden, he closed with skin of animal, which means he sacrificed animal to forgive their sins and close him. Adam's love toward God was corrupted, and we inherited this disorganized love like DNA. <clears throat> Jesus reconciled us to God, and our relationship with God is in good shape now. So, if you love God, why don't you love the one who loved God too? My second point is what is Jesus' friendship toward us? Jesus said in verse 12, uh, you love one another as I have loved you. He first loved us. To what extent? There's no greater love than his love toward us, verse 13. The love that someone, someone laid down his life for his friends. This is what Jesus did. He gave up his life to save his friends. He is talking about himself, not someone else. But who are his friends? We are sinners, and our relationship with God was disorganized. Before we knew him, we did whatever good in our eyes, and all we like sheep have gone astray. Isaiah 53, 6. With this condition, can we deserve to be his friends? 
No. Actually, we cannot call him friend, but he has called us friend. There should be a huge gap between the almighty God and sinful human being. And we cannot be equal. But still, he called us friend. John, the writer of this gospel, uses the Greek words phileo and agapao interchangeably. The Greek word phileo means love of a friend or a friendly love. And agapao is the love of God, in short. <clears throat> uh, D.A. Carson says, uh, friend in this passage can be translated as the loved one. To save those loved ones, loved ones, uh, friends, he sacrificed himself. Then verse, verse 14 says, You are my friends. If you do what I command you. It sounds like his friendship is conditional. Unless we do what he commands, he won't call us friends or he won't love us. Is that the case? No. Doing his commandment is not the condition of being his friend, but a character of his friend. Jesus di uh, differentiates the servant or slave from the friend in the following verse. 15, verse 15, the servant does not know what his master is doing, but the friend does. The friend was told all things that Jesus had heard from God the Father. The servant just does whatever his master has commanded without knowing his purpose or, or plan. The friend always, already knows his master's Jesus' purpose, plan, and what Jesus actually did. This is his redemption work. <clears throat> he laid down his life for his friends, verse 13. It was planned before the foundation of the world, and the purpose is to set us free from our sins and reconcile us to God the Father. Jesus came to this world to call the sinners his friends. Move to the third point. What is our mission about friendship? This is written in verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Jesus chose you and appointed you. Go and bear fruit. The fruit here means conversion of the lost. This phrase makes quite a harmony with uh, the Great Commission in Matthew 28. Go therefore and uh, make disciples of all nations. Jesus wants everyone to go and proclaim the gospel. The fruit should also abide. It should not be falling away, but tightly abide in him. A few verses earlier, like, like we, we read today, we have read today, Jesus used the Im imagery of the vine and said, If you keep my commandment, you will abide in my love. John uh, 15, 10. 
a branch needs nutrition from its trunk. If it is fall, falls away, it will wither. Also, Paul used the image of grafting, saying uh, in Romans 11, 17 through 18. But if someone, uh, some of branches were broken off and you, although a wild olive shoot, were grafted in among the others and now share in the uh, nourishing, nourishing root of the olive tree, do not be arrogant towards the branches. If you are, remember it is not you who support the root, but the root that supports you. If someone hears the gospel from you and is converted, you need to keep encouraging them to abide in the gospel in Jesus. Not only new believers, but also all of us, even the long-term believers, need to abide in Jesus and his gospel to mature. So how can we do that? Well, of course, uh, it is God's work the work of enduring spirit ultimately. So is there nothing we can do? No. Church as community should help them to abide. That is our uh, friendship in Jesus. We should love one another, forgive one another, and encourage one another and so that we can abide in the gospel of Jesus Christ and go to bear the next fruit. That is our mission. Okay. Can you do that? Can you love anyone, anytime? Can you love those against you? Can you be a friend who is mean to you? Maybe not. If someone does really, really, really bad things to you, can you forgive them? If someone hurt, harms my kid, I can't love him. Even if it is Jesus' commandment, it is so challenging. Jesus Christ came to this world. The world became flesh and dwelt among us, which is incarnation, his mission. He kept all commandments from God, the law of God, perfectly and actively. And he obeyed even to the death on the cross. He accepted it, which is his passive obedience. On the cross, he asked forgiveness of those who were against him, saying, Father, forgive them they know not what they do. He redeemed us from our sins and death as a consequence of sin. Now, if you think you are a sinner, and you are, you crucified Jesus because he died for your sins. Spiritually speaking, when our Lord was crucified, we were there. We were watching him bearing our sins on his shoulders and be crucified. We killed the, son, the only son of God 
and God still loves us. And Jesus called us friend. This is our identity, new identity as a Christian. We are not against him anymore. We, of course, we still sin, but we are the forgiven sinners. And Jesus called us friends. And he commanded us to love one another. When we believe Jesus, all good things that he has done became ours. His righteousness became our righteousness. He exchanged his righteousness with our unrighteousness. That's why he was crucified. And we were forgiven. And we had a life, eternal life. We close his righteousness on us. From eyes of God, we are clean and we are loved. This is why we can love one another. Not our efforts, but our identity. Just like Jacob, the seizure, and Commander Fuchida, we can be friends with our enemies. Your situation may not change. Your enemy might keep being your enemy, what keep mean to you. God may not punish him for you, but God works to change you from inside. God's love will be poured on you and it overflows. And you can love one another. Go and be friends with those around you, even if they are against you. You can do it because you are the missionary of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for your son. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to the earth as a missionary. He did all things you, you commanded him, and now he's interceding for us. He's still working every day, 24-7, to change us, give us heart of desire, desiring God. So please sanctify us day by day by the work of the Holy Spirit so that we can love one another and proclaim the gospel to those who are in need in Japan, in Bangladesh, India, China, Korea, uh, South Africa, and even in Europe. Send us to proclaim the goodness, good news of Jesus Christ. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen.